You are listening to the Boker Broadcast, a War Machine and Hordes podcast centered on the NJSOB meta. Sit back and take a listen as we discuss fluff, the rules, or anything else that catches our attention. Special thanks to the More Than Dice Podcast Network for hosting the podcast. And welcome to episode 19 of the Boker Broadcast. I'm your host, Seth Cohen, and with me as always is... Stephen Rabideau. And Artie and... C. All right. Welcome, everybody. I thank you for being here, but last time Arthur yelled at me. So I'll just <laughs> say hello, and I'm really glad everybody's here. So, <laughs> hey, folks, if you're listening to us and you can go to Nova, you should go to Nova. Uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about Nova, and that's because they are doing such an amazing job putting together an outstanding weekend event for you guys. And if I didn't have the start of school that, you know, that few days before and that weekend, I'd be there. But one day I shall retire and one day I shall attend Nova. But until then, you can go for me. Uh, So other than that, we have some events we're going to talk about today. We're going to do some list building uh, and then that'll be a cast unless anybody else has something they want to throw in there. Arthur, do we have a top five today? Um, probably. Excellent, because people like that. All right. So, uh, to get started, we, the NJSOBs at Maplewood, we ran our first narrative event. Mr. Rabideau, since you won the event technically, why don't you tell us what you enjoyed about it, what you didn't enjoy about it? Go ahead, and then I can give background on it. Why don't you start us off? I, I, I'm, wait, 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 wait. Before he starts, I'm going to make a prediction. He enjoyed winning. Yes. All right, carry on. <laughs> it was fun, not going to lie. Um, I hated the guy that ran it. Uh, <laughs> don't like that guy. Can't stand Few him. Few do. Few do. Can't stand him. Um, yeah. No, but it was a. Uh, it was really fun. Uh I, I will have to sit and think about what I didn't like about it just because it was it was it was all positives for me. Um, yeah, so I, I won't go too in depth. I'll let I'll let you talk more about it, Seth, because I'll talk about the other thing, too. But sure. Um, just from the perspective of uh, trying something new, I really liked the genuinely the narrative flow of it. So the fact that what you did, I mean, if you won, winning carried something into the next game, which was fun. Um, so it would be, you got, oh, I got like three units, got advanced deploy because I won the lighthouse one. And then was it, was it advanced deploy or did you get stealth? Advanced deploy. Um, oh, nice. and then it was stealth. If yeah, it was stealth. If you won as a, the attacker. Right. Okay. Um, so it was, uh, that was a fun part of it. And I just, I just really liked linking them all together and getting to play as a defender all day. You know, just yeah. decide, yeah. okay, are you attacker or are you defender? Just playing as defender all day kind of gives a little bit of a narrative arc to what you're doing, and it just helps. I don't know. It just makes it more interesting than just, like, yeah. standard yeah. steamroller stuff. Yeah. Well, it, we wanted people to have an opportunity. We, we didn't want every turn, every round, uh, for everyone to have to flip either attacker or defender, right? We wanted people to, you know, be part of a team and play that team all day. We were supposed to be 10 people for the event. We ended up being seven, and because I was number seven, I didn't play, uh, which is fine. That happens to you a lot when you when you're the when you're the organizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 
So the we took it was Black Tide Part One that yep. we played, and Privateer had had already designed in everything. There was a little narrative blurb that you read before each event or before each round. Uh, there was a key terrain to be placed. Uh, the only changes we made was uh, I placed all the terrain each round. Uh, you know, the key marquee pieces needed to be where they needed to be. Like the lighthouse had to be in a certain place. Right. The trenches had to be in a certain place. Uh, but I, I, I placed the terrain rather than the players alternating. Other than that, it was right out of the packet. Um, and I can tell you, so for, for the for the lighthouse, I think the lighthouse we built or we had 3D printed was, was pretty close to scale. Uh, it wasn't yep. too far off. Yeah, it was it good. Was, yeah, it was a nice size. It cost uh, it cost me sixty dollars to have six lighthouses printed, mm-hmm. um, and what we did was uh, for for the top players, they got to take a lighthouse home because the club doesn't need six lighthouses. We kept uh, we kept three for the club, mm-hmm. uh, and as you heard me talk about in the previous podcast, our lighthouses do not have a light on top. But then uh, David Lee, who was there playing, volunteered. He said, "I'll I'll put a, I'll put a light on there for you." Mm-hmm. So uh, I told him I would, uh, you know, and everyone would like handed him their lighthouses and said, oh, you can do mine, too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I, I told him, I said, David, listen, just send me the bill for all the the inside wiring and bulbs and everything. And then as, <laughs> as we're at dinner, I don't know if you heard him. He's like, hey, I think I can make that light spin. It can spin around. It'll be like a real light. I'll be like, just put a stinking light on top, please, and stop. <laughs> it's enough. That's no enough. spinning just on me. Seth's dime. No, we don't have to have it spin you know, yeah, you got to be careful with engineers. You should know this. Oh, I know. Engineers are the yeah. worst. Yeah. Like, I don't know. By the time he's done, we turn on that lighthouse and low-flying planes crash into the building. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so it so, was, yeah, so it was uh, Black Tide Part 1. So Scenario 1 is titled The Light Goes Out, and as we've mentioned, it involves a lighthouse. Um, it heavily favors the attacker, assuming yes. the attacker brings quality ranged attacks. I mean, even yes. if you don't, if you can get a heavy on the lighthouse, you can usually kill it. Like, it's armor 20 with 40 boxes. Yeah. It's like a heavy and a third, you know? Yeah, I thought I thought it needed more boxes. John Klein, uh, who was he playing round one? He was playing uh, John Massa, right? And uh, Yes. So And, yeah, and, and John had put a large base within two inches of the lighthouse on his first turn. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, John Klein had some advanced deployed uh, units that were able to charge the large base model and then port over to the lighthouse. And then I think at the top of two, that lighthouse was destroyed to four charging halberdiers or something like that. Yeah, so that was that was one thing that was unclear if it should be allowed or should not be allowed in terms of uh, should it be like... Uh, can you charge like technically you cannot charge it but right. if you have another target you can charge the target next to it and then yep. like still touch it and then get charge attacks against it so like you know that was one thing where it's like okay so is that within the spirit of the rule you know as written it works but like when we're talking narrative there is a little bit of a, a play there um yeah. so like you know should you be able to do that but also uh so john was playing scorn and uh, yeah. Okay. Hang on. So John Massa was playing score, scorn. Yeah. John Klein was playing uh, soldiers Perks. of fortune. Yeah. So he's got 
you know, all kinds of artillery that can just blow that thing off the board. So yeah, top of two, it was dead. Yeah. Um, so if you've got good guns and you can't adequately defend it, like um, Steve King was playing uh, Cephalix. So he has units of shield guards. So like you yeah. can't shoot the thing to death. Um, but, you know, you can melee it. So, But then I was playing against Jake, and Jake was playing Gators. And mm-hmm. Gators don't have the ranged output to take that thing out. So he had to get into melee, and I was I played like a little 50-point Athena list that did not let him really get in there. <laughs> so what did you think about playing it at 50? I liked it. I liked it. It added variety to the game. Like, it, it, it makes it interesting playing 50, 75, and then 100. It makes you change the list every time. It definitely, and it lets you kind of feel it. That's what I really liked about it, is I felt the idea of, okay, we're just here. Like, I didn't build it to be competitive. I built my list with the idea of, like, okay, what's hanging out here? So I'm not taking right. all heavies. Nobody's got yeah, yeah. three, four heavies stationed at a lighthouse. Yeah. So it's the <laughs> caster. She's got, you know, a light and a heavy, and then, like, a unit or two units or whatever. You know, whatever fit into 50. Actually, like, 50 points is pretty close to the starter box. So I think I ended up with something close to, like, what the starter box for Storm Legion looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was it was nice. I liked it. Well, I'll tell you, le- lesson learned from round one as an organizer is when we eventually do Black Tide 2 and then 3 is I'm not going to be afraid to modify the scenarios if I think that, like, John had a great time. And when John comes to one of our events, I don't know if, if everyone realizes this, but, like, he leaves little snacks at every table. Oh, yeah. John yeah. Massa. And, yeah. and he brings drinks. Yeah, he brings brings drinks. and, and uh, Brought Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. And uh, it just, Wait. just amazing. Love having that guy there. Wait, what Girl Scout cookies? I didn't. I didn't... Thin mints. Thin mints. No of any. Uh, okay. Thin mints are good. That's, like, number two on the list. Agreed. You know what? I just have another top five. There it is. I knew <laughs> I knew that's where you're gonna go with that. <laughs> yeah, you could say something like because I so we all just said like okay, that's number two on the list. We all agree, uh, but I bet all our number ones are different. Absolutely, <laughs> as they should be. Top five because this ones. is America, right? <laughs> but number two is uh, always thin mints. But but I don't want to lose the point here. Is that I John had a great time. He wasn't feeling well after the second game, so I took his third game for him. Uh, but it, you know. I know he had a fun day, and I'm glad he was there, but I think his day would have been more fun if he got to play past round two mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in the first scenario. Sure, you know, sure. I don't want that to happen to people. That is the challenge of narrative scenarios. A little bit more, a little bit less. Like, specifically that scenario is going to be rough on the defender. Like, every time. You almost have to... Well, actually, I don't want to say that. I don't want to throw Jake under a bus. Jake did not try to build a poor list for it, but, like, gators are just not... They got to get into melee, and you can't charge the thing. So it kind of... It's tough to take down a lighthouse using gators. Um, But, yeah, for defenders, that is heavily skewed against. Yeah, yeah. Um, But then the next scenario is pretty good for for the defender, because in the next scenario, the defender has three flags that they just have to protect, and you can't let them have two of them. Right. Uh, at any now, one time. Interestingly, when I went back and reread Black Tide, I'm pretty sure we did that scenario wrong because we applied the steamroller rules for claiming the flag. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure, I remember reading that night, and, and I should have double checked before we started recording, but I didn't. Um, I'm pretty sure that the rule is any model can claim the flag mm. as long as no one else within four inches. It wasn't just solos. 
uh, with a caster. That was a thing that, so I played John Klein that round, um, and we talked about that because we were not sure. Um, we, we couldn't find anything when we were looking. So we just kind of, yeah, so we played it steamroller style, which that would that does change things for sure. Because part of my yeah. strategy was scalping out his solos so that it made yep. it harder. You can always, you can also always win by assassination in the narrative yes. events. But uh, another fun thing about the narrative events is uh, each game has specific points that you score, uh, that war chest points they call them, and then presumably you could spend them on things. Um, but uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't have that as part of the game. Uh, but we use that as like a tiebreaker because uh, if yeah. you're all attackers and defenders, it's conceivable that multiple people end up, you know, with all winning. Or, you know, yep. having won all yep. games or something like that. Um, but, uh, so, like, assassination was usually less valuable than winning by the scenario in terms right. of, like, war chest points. Now, the the big terrain feature in the second scenario were the landing craft. And mm-hmm. they were essentially your your steamroller zones flipped upside down. Yep. And the, they, they serve no other purpose other than housing your, your army. And what was interesting was... You didn't have to reveal which of the four landing craft your guys were in until, like, second. There was, like, you could you could trick the, the defending opponent uh, um, by, by, like, overcommitting to one side or the other or not putting something. You know, there, there was a—you could, you could trick your opponent into being way out of position. Yeah, you uh, just don't deploy normally. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, and then you reveal after, after the defender deploys, then you reveal— where everything is yeah um now i will tell you that as the organizer i didn't get to play so i printed up these these or i had printed these uh lighthouses there wasn't anything to do for the landing craft i was really hoping i'm telling you if those landing craft had like a cannon on them or mm -hmm. a a, a, an automatic unit of guys with rifles to cover the exiting troops whatever i would have built something Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have been pretty but i would have built it it would have been fun uh, I was a little disappointed that there was nothing, you know, excessively interesting there. I uh, think you know, the light. I, I, so what I would suggest for that is like for people doing it in the future, which I highly recommend, you know, if you do a steamroller every month, maybe think about going to steamroller every other month or, you know, three times in a row and do, like once a quarter or every other month, which is probably what we're going to do, uh, do a narrative thing. Highly recommend it. Um, yeah. But for this boat one, maybe print out. Uh, you'd have to print it out on like legal size, um, but you can print out like something that looks like a boat or something. Yep. You know, you could yep. try something like that. Give it a little texture. But yeah. uh, as Seth said, it's twelve by six. So I mean, flipped over steamroller scenarios uh, zones yep. that works fine. Yep. Uh, and then the last scenario uh, were the trenches. Each side had trenches, and in between the trenches was no man's land. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I didn't think of this initially. Originally, I wanted to. I just figured I'd print out on MDF 12 by 12 uh, uh, little zones that are 12 by three zones that said trench on them. And I would, you know, uh, four of them across the tabletop to get your your, your trenches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did the math on how long that would actually take. I'd print it out like 20. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this gets me. Nope, nope. I need like double this. I don't have this kind of time. Yep. So I went and I got the the i want to call it roller gauze but that's not what it is it's like the stuff that you put at the bottom of drawers to mm-hmm. stop the drawers from slipping and i just cut those out rolled them up and they were perfect they were perfect they yeah. were easy to move in and out of um 
So as much as I enjoyed getting, you know, complicated and interesting things on the table, you also don't need to overcomplicate it, right? It was, right, uh, right. But Felt, I will tell you what. The roller stuff, like all that, all that works really well for yep. cheap, flat terrain. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think we, we secured it down with blue, blue painter tape. Yep. And it painter tape on the edges. Move, yeah. At the edge anymore. of the table. It's perfect. Uh, now I'll tell you, round three was my favorite because oh, John had to leave. So I got to play. Uh-huh. And I got to play Jake. And and Scenario 3 had this great rule that you had to declare one model as the standard bearer for the army. And as long as the standard bearer was in front and could be seen, your every model that could see it got plus two inches of movement, right? Yeah, so, the rule. so basically the standard bearer, if it moved forward, like they use language like, oh, if it ends its turn closer to your opponent's deployment zone than your own, th- like if it, then it started or what, you know. Right. If it moves forward, uh, yep. then every model that's behind it that can see it gets plus two inches. So I knew Jake's army pretty well because I played gators. I thought I still had gators and then I forgot that I actually lent them to somebody else. <laughs> so if you have Seth's gators... No, no, no. You know where the gators are. Yeah, you gave them to uh, John, didn't you? No, no. Who did I you give did, to? Um, uh, you, George. I gave them to George. Yeah, George. George. Yeah. We're coming uh, for you, George. No, no. It's it's cool. He, you know what? He, he right now he's in a meta of two, and they both play Kador, so they needed a, another faction to, you know, be able to break it up a bit. And I forgot that I lent it to them, and I'm tearing my house apart looking for my gators to lend Jake a model and then, you know, and George even put in the chat because yes. he was supposed to be coming. To his credit. I have your gators. <laughs> yep, to his credit. He did I say that. I didn't read that part. <laughs> right. So I was driving Somebody's got to read. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's not, I don't, I'm not trying to sound like a martyr. I must have two other armies worth of stuff out there that I've lent people over the years that I just have never gotten back. So it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's usual, but I was like, okay, I'm not surprised I can't find my army, and I'm not surprised I probably lent it to somebody else and can't remember. Mm-hmm. I'm glad George remembered. But I digress. So I'm playing Jake, and and you know, and I wasn't expecting to play. I brought models just in case. I wasn't expecting to play. I, I hadn't you know really designed a special list or anything. What were you playing? Uh, I was playing my Orgoth. And because my uh, my new uh, expansion box came, I had my rock harriers in there. Mm-hmm. I'd never used them before. And Jake's looking across at my army, and he's like, um, doesn't that unit need one more guy? I'm like, oh, yes, it does. So I'm grabbing guys. Like, he's, like, playing half the game for me at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> and and so I had to nominate a flag bearer, so I picked one of the witches because they're the highest defense models. Uh-huh. And I figured give the flag bearer a, a chance to survive. And uh, turn two, and he forgot about the plus two movement thing or didn't think I was going to take advantage of it. So I ran the witch out uh, on two, which gave my rock harriers uh, a speed of 10. Mm-hmm. And he had left, he had left um, Barney zero, uh, uh, twisting in the wind a little bit. So the rock harriers got around Barney zero and killed him. And then uh, because of red line and the plus two inches of movement, I was able to get my uh, melee jack, uh-huh. my tyrant, my tyrant with the uh, um, chain weapon uh, on his uh, uh, black hide wrestler. Uh-huh. So once I removed rage and I removed Barney zero, he just said, okay, 
you won. <laughs> yeah, turn I'm that like, guy wow, it's been, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. it's been a really long time since I won a game. This yeah. is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, wow, I, I forgot how much I enjoy this. Yeah, I really liked that one, that scenario. That one felt very even because it's it was the yes. most steamroller of them all in the sense that, like, the trench, there's a mirroring, there's mirroring trenches on both sides of the board, and then there's, yep. like, three, two or three flags. I forget. It's either, like, two on the center line and closer to the edges or like three, you know, 12 inches apart across the middle or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, steamrollery, except you have that rule where, uh, things are just going to be faster. Yep. And, um, and if you were, if you won the previous game as an attacker, you could bring a mod, like a unit back at, like you get to, or a model or a unit. So you could like bring a warjack back onto the board or something like that. Defenders got beat back, which you, like you give them, you give a unit beat back or something like that, which right. I just didn't even do. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. but it was so fun. I gave, uh, one of my storm Legion, the officers, the, the flag. And so he just like charges forward. He runs forward and says, tactician for everybody everybody can see me now and then like everybody just moves an extra two mm. inches mm -hmm. it was very fun i just crashed yeah. into i did i played against uh david lee uh the yep. aforementioned engineer who's going to make everything go crazy in my lighthouse um and uh he was playing resnick who i think is is uh might have a renaissance in mark four so resnick who? on the chariot resnick resnick yeah. okay um just because he obliterates units just like nobody's business because his feet Steve, I'll, I'll tell you the truth i saw that i saw that game and i've seen you play many 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 times i don't think i've ever seen as many dead warrior models on your side of the table like it was like three quarters of your army mm -hmm. was just tucked in the corner because he had killed so many models and so i was playing wolf and so his feat is every time a warrior model gets, or any model gets destroyed, I get to, a battle group model moves two inches and makes an attack. Uh, but with Resnick's feat, like, he killed, you know, a good chunk of my army. I was playing, like, one of everything, because it was 100 points, so I'm going to play one of every unit. That's what I wanted to do. He killed, like, three or four units during his feat turn. Just all the guys. Wow. Killed, like, 20 wow. dudes. 15, 20 dudes. And because of the way it works, uh, I got, like, one attack out of it. <laughs> so because like his feet the initial attack will remove from play and then everybody within two inches takes a pow 14 which yeah. given the way that units move just wipes out units left and yeah. right yeah um but it was great it was very fun yeah well like you said the next one's going to be a steamroller and then the one after that maybe we'll go back to black tide we're going to have to figure out a way to get people who didn't play in the first one to want to come out to the second um mm -hmm. And, and and Arthur, I'm I'm not trying to be snarky, but I know you're you're uninspired currently with Privateer, um, you know, just having an army that you really want to play. But playing a narrative is just different. It's just so much fun playing play than playing a steamroller scenario, and it might be perfect to kind of just cleanse the palate for you right now. Just something to think about. No, I and get so it. Let, I don't yeah. doubt that. Yeah. And so let me just set the stage, right? So Black Tide Part One, the boats appear on the horizon, and a scouting force shows up to, um, I guess you would, like, snuff out the lighthouse. Like, we don't want this lighthouse showing up, and we don't want it uh, alerting anybody. So, like, that's scenario one. We destroy the lighthouse. Scenario two is the boats are landing, and you have to push onto the beach. And then scenario three is the containment trying to contain the boats on the beach, basically. So, like, as the invasion just, like, pushes through. And then so uh, Black Tide Part 2... 
Scenario four is titled Evacuate. So clearly things did not work out well. Uh, <laughs> scenario five is Burn the Bridges. Yeah. So once again, containment. And then finally, scenario six, salt the earth, which uh, when you're salting your own territory, uh, that's never good. So you're intending not to move back there. Just ask Napoleon. It did not work out well when the Russians did that to him. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be an exciting, an exciting day for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ultimately a shorter day, which... True. You know, when you're playing that kind of a thing, you don't, you know, you don't want to spend six, eight hours playing narrative. You want to, you know, have your three rounds go, you know, as long as they need to go. And then we, I think we were sitting down to dinner, all six of seven of us at like five, mm-hmm. right? We were like, it was pretty early. Yeah. Like it was something, like, something like five. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just, just a great day all around. All right. So if anyone out there wants to run this or something similar, wants an opinion, uh, reach out if my opinion is useful and helps you run it great. And if you don't like anything I have to say, don't do what I'm telling you. Uh, so we also had another portal tournament. I was not able to go to this. Arthur wasn't able to go. So, Steve, this is you solo. Uh, can you tell us just, you know, about the event? It was a steamroller. Uh, anything you noticed in uh, in, in armies, in, in, in tactics, anything like that you want to share? Go ahead. Sure. So uh, I played Storm Legion again. We had six players in total. Um, you know, the usual suspects. So me, Jake Palumbo again, uh, Steve King, David Lee, um, and then, uh, who am I missing? Myself, Jake, King, David, um, this gentleman named Rev that uh, is from Mark Three. that is just, I think, just getting back into it. Nice. Um, so I, I hadn't met him before, so I played him. Uh, and then, oh, who was the last guy? Raven. Raven, that's right. Yeah, Dan Raven was there. I did not play him, so. Um, uh, but yeah, it was it was a good day. So we, we played three rounds. Um, I won all my games, so that went well. Um, round one was against Jake, and uh, he was playing Dr. Arcadius. So that was pretty interesting to see, because Arcadius, his, his feet is different than it, was so his feet used to be like everybody charges all your or rather all your beasts frenzy immediately yeah Uh, and you can pick the targets so it like gives you a lot of threat extension or um you know just it it lets you go nuts uh but now it is uh you move the beasts get to move three inches and make a fully boosted attack uh which makes him with a ranged list much more interesting so you take him with a bunch of like gun bores and stuff like that or um, you know whatever the pig is the the roadhog I think that roadhog. has the spray yeah um, so you, you know you threaten for miles because you could run and then advance three and shoot and stuff like that um, so pretty interesting uh, he he just like moved a hair too close because I went first and Wolf runs up and then moved a little bit too close and I just you know got into his heavies and killed him and just kind of weathered it down from there. Um, and then uh, round two, I played against Steve King uh, and his Cephalix, uh, which was interesting. So Cephalix was just recently dropped as an army. Um, they're very powerful. They've got a lot of good tools. Uh, they have a lot of like key models that make things happen. And uh, Storm Legion is very good at scalping out key models that make things happen. So <laughs> that's kind of how that game went. And it came down, that game came down to it because... Uh, in the end, I spent a good long time like cleaning up a chunk of his list, and then 
it was like, okay, well, so like during my feet turn, he was able to control all of my warjacks. So I was playing Wolf again. So he was able to knock down all my warjacks, like pretty, pretty trivially. Um, because of the, they have like a heavy that has a knockdown gun, knockdown drag gun. So he was able to do that. Um, or otherwise occupy them. Uh, you know, he like threshered some infantry and stuff like that. So he's controlling my feet. Uh, and then it just came to the point where it's like, okay, so Wolf is just going to keep walking forward. So he just kind of kept walking forward and he like took a swing at a couple dudes that had already charged in or whatever. Um, walked him into threat range of his caster or like to get him. Uh, Thexus was specifically the caster. Um, Gutsy move. Yeah. So I walked him in there and then I spent a big turn like clearing the, you know, clearing the lanes and like halfway through, I was like, I don't know, should I, should I continue doing this or should I try for more attrition? And he was like, dude, you do not have time for attrition. Like you spent 10 minutes like killing these models. Uh, you have 12 minutes left. I've got 30, like attrition will not work yeah. for you. You can't play. For and scenario. it's funny because, cause he's absolutely right. That's the way you lose games with that list. Yes. Uh, you clock frequently with that list. Right. Exactly. And then, so I was like, you know what? You're right. And then a charge in, I need sevens to hit. Um, I don't have any more Warjacks. They're all dead, so no positive charge. Nice. Um, and uh, it takes every single attack to kill him. I have to sidestep once, and I miss, like, four attacks. It comes wow. down to literally, like, the wow. last... So, like, what happens is I sidestep closer because the hammer is only one inch, but it's got crit knockdown, so I want to be rolling for the crit knockdown, you know? So, like, I get close enough, and I whiff, 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 and it comes down to I've got three focus left. Um, I think it was, no, I think I had two focus left and I'd already hit him a couple times. He had no focus. So, and he's got like eight boxes or something. And so the first I roll double fours, knock him down. Uh, nice. Excellent. And I do like six yeah. damage, leave him on two boxes. And then the final attack auto hits and his straight dice can't not kill him. But it was so close. <laughs> it was, it was, nice. it was a great game. Um, All right. And then the final game was against Rev, and it was Signar on Signar. So he was playing Storm Knights. Um, oh, so he, he's back He's back to – he hasn't played since Mark III or the middle of Mark III or something, you said? Yeah. he's. I, he mentioned to me afterwards he played hard for like three years. So I think from like 2016 to 2019. So he comes back and, and all the – you know, and he's at the top table there after, uh, mm-hmm. after two rounds after returning. That's great. Yep. Yep. So he's playing, uh, you know, Storm Classic. I'm playing – storm new and uh it was a it was a close game absolutely um came down to the wire and uh ultimately wolf pulled it out like it was just like all back and forth um notably uh storm legion heavies are not lightning immune unless you take a specific head that makes them lightning immune so my heavies were much more vulnerable to shooting than his heavies but my heavies had mag bolters so they don't care about lightning immune. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was Maddox versus Wolf, and it was just it was a it was a very interesting matchup. Um, a lot of like one die damage rolls type stuff, um, just because everybody's electrical immune, and all so, these yeah. guns are electrical. So did you went? So you took the event. You took first. Mm-hmm. So Arthur, do you remember the last time I commented on Rabido winning a lot, and he said no, 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 very rare, very rare, no, 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 no. You remember that? Uh, no, I'm going to deny that on principle. Okay, well, because <laughs> Steve, you seem to win a lot. Just say it. It's yeah, Storm Legion really fits, and it uh, it's a list that hums. All right, well, good for you. I'm glad that that sounds like a good time. Uh, one of the rare times I couldn't be there, but you know, if I'd gone, Dave would have had to play. 
because mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have mm-hmm. been the odd person, right? Uh, okay. Oh, oh so, okay. Actually, so yeah. I do have to issue a mea culpa, right? Um, you know, for full honesty. Um, like I had a dentist appointment in the morning, so I knew I was going to be late. So I, I let Dave know, um, you know, Hey, you know, don't wait for me. Like if there's people just, just start without me, don't worry about it. I ended up being, I think it started at, you know, it was theoretically supposed to start at 11. I got there at like 1215 or something like that. Um, but, uh, guess who I played because he was also running late. Jake, uh, Jake Palumbo. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it wouldn't be a podcast if we weren't calling out Jake, right? Well, right, but I have to call out myself. <laughs> I have to call out myself in the same breath, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? Things do happen. So I yeah. will I will simultaneously call him out and apologize to Jake, my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that he's in our meta. Uh, seriously, I absolutely do. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, fellas, what I would like to do now is um, – one of my weaknesses as a player, and she it'd really be hard to pick one, but I'm going to pick this one today. Uh, is, Artie, I mean, uh, make a note. Next top five. Yeah. Yeah. Seth's, <laughs> Seth's weaknesses as a player. <laughs> I don't know if five's enough. <laughs> hey, you know, we'll just, I mean, you got your content for the next year. It's no problem. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I don't list build well. I, I end up taking what I like and putting it in a list and then hoping it works together. Um, or like sometimes they'll be like, Oh, that unit is painted really well by me. I want to put that unit on the table, right? That's not necessarily conducive. And I was, you know, and I don't so much need this help right now with Orgoth. I'm still, I just want to play more games and see how everything works before I worry about how I build a list. Right. And it's got to play. Yeah. And just to sort of to speak to that with the Mark four stuff, um, unless you're buying multiple boxes of things, you don't have a ton of options. Right. I got one so, of everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I have one of everything. So it's kind of like, yeah. okay, what do I want to just sort of mix and match and try today? And then it's yeah, like, it's eh, exactly it. versus, yeah, like, um, you know, I won't spoil it yet. But, yeah, versus, like, what we're going to talk about. Like, there's so many options, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, and, and not to not to digress, we'll get back to the list build comment in a sec, uh, discussion in a second. Uh, at two different events I was at the last month, two different people made the same comment which was one of the things they really liked about mark four was that they weren't they didn't need a separate army bag for widgets Mm. right that the l widget or the booker bardiche is the only widget they need Mm -hmm. and they don't need tons of proxies they don't need clouds and they like some armies still do if you really work at it you can put together an army where you still need to bring you know 17 different three inch rings and you have to hope you didn't buy them at michael's and not hobby lobby because they're not actually three inches or whatever it is i just thought that was an interesting comment because you know what i didn't realize it till the both these people said it to me i certainly remember mornings where i was like oh god i gotta put together i need uh you know 17 rings i need five four inch rings i need three five inch rings i need my little widget to measure blast range and you know mm-hmm. or you know blast mm-hmm. radius i'm so glad we don't have to do that stuff anymore i agree but i digress so i would like to make a fifth division list and the only caveat that i have and you guys can can you know you guys create the list i have to own the model and the other caveat is i want it to be sorcia too Right. Yes, I really like Sorsha too. There was this little spot right at the beginning of Mark Three before the themes came out, where I was just having an amazing time with Sorsha too. I had a unit of Man of War that were always screening her, 
And yeah, that feat was like, you know, hit or miss. Like her, so her feat is called Winter's Chill when enemy when an enemy model without resistance cold suffers a damage roll while within Sorcerer's control range, double the damage that exceeds the model's armor. Winter's Chill lasts for one turn. Mm-hmm. So it was a very all or nothing kind of feat, which is quite frankly one of the ways I love to play. So she also had Cyclone, which, you know, made her... Still does. She couldn't... She, what's that? Still does. No, no, I, I, but what I mean is is she was not as a reliable assassin as Sorsha won, but you could still play that game if the opportunity presented itself. Sure. Right. Um, I loved when someone had a, a thin screen in front of their caster, and I cycloned and just, you know, killed everything standing in front of the caster and then charged. Mm-hmm. Right and and, and you know the the look on your opponent's face right is uh, was worth it. So she's got cyclone. She's got escort. That's new. Uh, yeah, cohort models uh, begin their activation in your control range. Gain plus two speed, and then she gains plus two armor while someone in the battle group is within three inches of her. Razor wind on a critical hit. The warjack or war beast fills fill in the unmarked damage boxes or circles in the last column of branch damage. That's a new version of Razor Wind. Right, it's Spray 10. It's a Spray 10 now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Snow Shroud. uh, Friendly faction models gain concealment while in the spellcaster's control range. That's a one-round spell. Yeah, so that Um, that is like a corollary to Fog of War. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I think she used to have, but this is no longer an upkeep, and it does not affect enemy models. Right. Because Fog of War is everybody. Everybody. And then Winter's Wrath. Uh, it's a range eight AOE three fourteen slash eight uh, on causes cold damage on a critical hit. The models become stationary. Um, I always found stationary effects on spells to be very hit or miss. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't ever depend on them to do anything, especially critical. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's for Commander Sorsha, gentlemen. What should I be taking? Build me a list. So, right. w- 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 hang on, just just so the audience knows, Seth starts this off pre-recording by saying he's not a great list builder and he needs Steve and I to build a Kador list. But then he gives us a stipulation that it has to be Sorcerer too, which we both want on the record because I'm putting words in Steve's mouth, you know, even though I know for sure he agrees with me. Neither one of us would ever take Sorcerer 2 as a caster when someone told us, hey, build us a Kador 2 list. Uh, a Kador list, sorry. Am I well, wrong? Am I wrong, Steve? No, no. We're talking well, about you, not to you. I'm, Steve. Uh, I'm looking at. I'm looking at our options. <laughs> Malakov is a, is a shoe in, and then it comes down to Strakov or Who I love. Sorsha, and I feel like I would probably choose Strakov. Although I do like sort. I do like Escort. Escort's a fun spell. Escort's a very good spell, but her feet is. Uh, do you want to die? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it is it is an all or nothing feat. It's I'm going to feat and put enough damage on you that you know I'm going to survive and win the game, or I'm going to get really lucky or not lucky and die. Yeah, the problem right. is you have to creep into 12 inch range. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she has to. She has to be up there for it. But you know, it is what it is. So uh, let's see. Um, uh, okay, so like locally, you got to worry about Storm Legion. So we're thinking about yep. that a little bit. Yep. Uh, you got to worry about Cephalix, probably. Um, I always have to worry about Steve King. Right. Um, maybe Scorn. 
Um, I, I mean, if we're just talking like what was present recently, you know, it's Kador, sure. it's Scorn, it's uh, Mercenaries, things like that. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. What do we start? Where, where are we starting with Warjax, Arthur? See, I usually don't. I usually start looking at units first. Okay. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with I mean, um, Kador list building. And also, I will say, I'm not great at building lists, which is why Mark IV is so good for me. Because I don't really have to build them. I just kind of take one of everything. And to, be, to, be fa- to be fair, though, I mean, we could go very jack-heavy. I mean, she is a escort caster. And it is doable. The jacks could give her something to hide behind as she tries to inch her way up. Uh, before she will say cyclones to her, uh, either victory or death. Right. Yeah. And um, well, jugger- juggernauts are ten points now. Um, didn't they used to be thirteen? Well, in Mark like two, or beginning of no, Mark, Mark three. three. Yeah. Uh, then they got. I feel like they got dropped. Oh, maybe they were always thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, they were thirteen yeah. for a while in Mark it's three. Still, yeah, it's still it's still got critical freeze. It's still power nineteen. I love me my juggernaut. She's not. I mean. So the thing is, if you go heavy Warjack, and she has to creep up, it almost makes Winter's Wrath a spell that you could make a positive argument as to why you casted it, considering mm-hmm. I don't think they have any Arc Node ability or any way to... They might they have the dude, um, what's his name? The attachment, who I assume will still add two inches to a spell, but I could be wrong. Do they? Don't they still That's have that guy? Out. Let's see. What? Oh, he we would be under solos, I think, right? Yes. Uh, let's see. Who do we have? Uh, I'm looking for him. Yuri, Captain Warthog. Nope. I don't think he's there. Nope, not there. Oh, I was like, who is Kovnik Apprentice Kratikov? Oh, that's her. That's her. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, so we can't take her. Um, yeah. So okay, but you can bring you can bring the Arcane Forces card. So is yeah, that, you can. Yes. Do we do we bring the Arcane Forces card? Should we throw that in right now? Plus five so. for a plus five. Yeah, plus five range on her spells. Yeah, that's not a bad move. So, I I mean, just if we're talking like, you know, just trying to assassinate. Well, yeah, this way you also yeah, you get the point out of the way now and not have to look for it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, a, I don't know, spray 15 Razor Wind. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, True enough. Um, okay. So, let's go. We'll go a little heavier on the jacks. And um, why not? Yeah. So I want to throw out there, um, maybe maybe we we build two lists. Are we building a hundred points? Uh, yeah, I said it for a hundred. Well, let, okay. let's, let's build one list now. Well, I'm, I always... just mean in, like two lists. The first list that I I think you could try with Kador is where you take literally all jacks, because the one advantage, not the one, but one advantage that um, legacy armies have over Mark IV armies is you can out heavy them every time. Because Mark IV armies can take four heavies. Five once the characters are out. That's it. Right. When you're playing Kador, you can take ten... Or well, you can take four Juggernauts, four Kodiaks, two Marauders, and have two points left over. You know, like, you can, you can have... I, I appreciate what you're saying. I own three Juggernauts. Mm-hmm. I own three Kodiaks. Okay, that's a pretty good start. I think I own three Marauders. How many? What about Rages and Berserkers? I have right. You can two, throw some of those in. You, you should throw ragers? two of those. A couple of them. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Wait. I'm sorry. I've Rager's got a shield guard. I think, right. Yeah. You have one Rager. I have one Rager. Okay. What and a, he's magnetized to make me a Mad Dog or a 
So What's the other one? Berserker. So oh. you don't have an and actual... I have, th I have three Berserkers. Oh, you do? Good. Well, we're going for three of them. Yeah. And I have Beast 09. Am I taking Beast 09? Of course. No, I'm throwing him in. He's got Murderous. He's got two-inch reach. Um, God forbid it's like the last shot that someone sends over to you and he shield guards it and then he gets the hyper-aggressive for another move. I mean, it, there's a lot of things going on there. Maybe 15 is heavy. I don't know. But for now, I have him in. But that's just me. Okay. So so okay. this is why I want to say two lists, though, because I think one list is just like cram as many heavies as you can into that thing. And then just because right. they're all so, speed six. You know, they'll all be speed so, six heavies. And they're all without, Kador. Get, without getting to the nitty and the gritty, right? You know, but we've all decided here, I'll throw in all my Kodiaks, my Marauders, my Juggernauts, and whatever else. How many Kodiaks did you have? Uh, I got three uh, that, that I can put in for flavor. So am I taking any? What, what's my support for those jacks then? What am I taking? Uh, you're definitely taking mechanics with the UA because the UA now has um, yep. Empower. Empower. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, you have multiples of those? Uh, I only have one. I have two units of uh, mechanics, but I only have one Officer. command. Yeah, yeah. yeah whose yeah, fault is that? I, he was terrible for so long. I remember that conversation you and I had where I yelled at you. Yeah, yeah it's all right. Which one? You yell at me in every conversation. The one where you got rid of the second one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I feel shame. You should. Yeah. So, Battle Mechanic Officer, am I taking Turnians? Am I, uh, that's a unit. Am I taking... Um, let's see. Uh, is this a Artillery Captain help me out at all? I don't think so. No, it doesn't help me out. can't use the gray lord solo right because they all turned uh they all turned traitor and got killed mm -hmm. i'm not happy with this last selection it makes me really want not to not have arcane forces so i can have a way to make a marksman but i mean you could do that um yeah i think maybe yeah it's like throwing a couple solos to to score flags or whatever yeah, uh, i'm, I'm actually going to drop the arcane forces reluctantly but i'm going to do it because okay. I would really want the marksman in. My list is now done. It's okay. it's not horrible. What's the list? All right, re All right. read it off. My list uh, is Sorsha 2. Yay. Um, Beast 09, which actually, <laughs> maybe I do drop him. Uh, <laughs> you got to commit, man. Three, commit. Be three Berserkers, one Rager, three Kodiaks. Uh, and then we have one Widowmaker Marksman, and this is the problem. It's not enough solos here. Did you say three Juggernauts? No. No, he okay. did not. I, I don't ever run Juggernauts. He denied he doesn't like the Juggernauts. Like I, I like it when it hits, but um, I have Beast. Beast is a Juggernaut. Uh, okay. And then I have a unit of Assault Commandos. Um, that's mostly a Just Because. Uh, a unit of Battle Mechanics. A unit of Crossite Woodsmen. They're interesting because they have Prowl. And she can give them concealment via a spell, so they'll mm. just always have stealth. Mm -hmm. And then I have Widowmaker Scouts because um, I thought that having some uh, sniper fire might be important if uh, you have to open up a lane or something. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, mm -hmm. I have the Battle Mechanic Officer. So if I was going to swap out Beast 09 for, we'll say, a Juggernaut, uh, which is reasonable... 
or even a decimator would only buy me two points though. Uh, if I was going to do it for a juggernaut and I'd have five points more to spend, it would definitely yeah. all go into solos. Um, okay. Unfortunately, Yuri, God, Yuri's expensive. Uh, so if I had five points, it would be a war dog, and probably something like uh, a manhunter. Uh, I guess just anything with uh, stealth. Mm -hmm. um, so the manhunter's fine there, and the war dog to escort her to give her a little extra defense in case somehow yeah. something gets to her. Mm -hmm. But um, for now, I would stick with Beast. I'd play a few games with Beast, and then if I didn't like Beast for whatever the reason, I would drop Beast, maybe try to downgrade him to a regular Juggernaut, add in those couple of solos. Um, and I could totally see an argument for not keeping the Assault Commandos. It's just that they really are a good unit. Like, they're just a good unit. Like, gotcha. doesn't matter who the caster is, they are just a good unit, which is why I threw them in. They have a lot of rules. Um, I don't know if she really does anything for them other than she could give them the shroud, but they don't really want it. Well, the uh, the woodsmen want it more. Uh, and that's really it. I mean, they'll take advantage okay. of her feet because they hit kind of hard. Uh, for melee for for troops, and then mm -hmm. obviously with the feet, they'll actually be able to like you know do more than chip off paint. So, what does Joe do for him now, Coptic Joe? What's he do now? Oh, he's got a multitude. Uh, they changed him around a little bit, as I recall. Yeah, so, so he's like, desperate thinking, pace. Yeah, and, 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 and am I and am I taking any of the? Am I taking uh, Malakoff Zero, or am I taking? No. Uh, yeah, he's the only. No. no? Okay. So Joe's got. Uh, precision strike, um, which is actually, uh, I don't, I hate that, I hate that term, precision strike, because it's, it, yeah, it sounds, doesn't feel like what it does. Yeah, but we all know what it does. Feels like precision strike. They should get some kind of bonus to hit. Yes, he's got the desperate pace, and then of course he has, he still gives tough. So he lost the ability um, to just crank damage. Mm -hmm. Originally, back in the day, he used to give plus four strength yeah. to a unit, yeah. and then it became, I guess, plus four damage, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so that's gone. But what they did do with the uh, Assault Commandos is they gave them um, Gang. Gang? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Just something. Right. Well, I don't know if he's... I mean, Desperate Pace is really nice. There's no debate. Yeah, but it's Desperate, desperate Pace for... Um, Winter Guard. Uh, Winter Guard only, and the uh, Assault Commandos aren't Winter Guard. Uh, they might be. They're not. Are you sure? Uh, Assault Commandos, Kador 5th Division Unit. That's oh. true. Oh, well. Yeah. So, yeah. Joe, not that important. Joe's not that important, and I'm not taking uh, Malakoff. Okay. All right, so... Yeah, Malakoff isn't good. So let's pretend I'm taking out a whole bunch of jacks, and now I want to bring uh, a, a unit-centric or a more balanced list. What units am I taking, and what solos is uh, are going to, um, you know, uh, uh, turn them up? So I'll just say real quick, I think that that's not jack heavy enough to be like the huh. true jack heavy I have test. Eight. I have eight heavies. <laughs> I thought you only had six. No, I have Beasto nine, three yeah. berserkers, oh, one, one right. rager, and three Kodiaks. And now the berserkers are only seven points, and your opponent has to deal with them. Yep. Because they have Berserk, they will potentially go through a unit. And they all power 16, so it's not like they can't hurt another heavy. Okay. Granted, they don't do it well, per se. Well, with their feet, you know, if, they, if they're hitting on the feet, that'll that'll do some damage. Well, besides, um, 
Okay, okay, I'm into that. I'm into that then as a jack heavy. All right, so yeah, so if we're if we're like dumping stuff, so yeah, so with Sorsha, I think you still probably want jacks. Like I think if you if you want to go infantry heavy, then you take jacks that are just like cheap, threatening. Um, I mean, you probably still take Beast 09. Like I would almost start with like Beast 09 and three Kodiaks or something like that. Just like relatively inexpensive but impactful models. Well, the Kodiaks. Okay. So, the, with the Kodiaks and the Berserkers, um, at least in my list, I'm giving my opponent a choice: Are you going to kill the seven-point Berserkers who are going to be running at you, or are you going to be killing the the ten-point Kodiaks, which actually have heavy boiler, so they're going to be moving um, faster than anything? So, chances are my opponent is going to have to put their initial attacks into the stronger, hardier. Kodiaks, which hopefully allows the Berserkers to actually get there. Mm -hmm. And then um, Beast 09 might be a waste. The, like, the more I look at because like, the Rager is doing kind of what Beast 09 is going to want to do anyway, which is basically babysit Sorsha. Right. And so I could easily drop Beast 09, and thinking about it further, I could put in a Marauder for 9 points, which frees up 6 points. That goes right into Solos. Um... I can get me two man hunters. Um. Yeah, like I think if we're if we're, you know, pairing back the warjacks. Um, yeah, I like that better. In fact, that's it. Beast on out. Sorry, you're out, Beast. Got it. I the I I don't like the model anyway. Uh, I'd it, I, I'd rather put in the Mar the Marauder's nine points. I mean, with a feat like hers, you want as cheap as possible, and and because of that, I'm also I, I've decided I'm dropping the assault commandos for now. They're eight points. Okay. They are very expensive for a unit. I am going to keep the Widowmaker Scouts, and I will keep the Cossites because they're cheap, and they'll be stealth. And, uh, yeah, and I will, of course, keep the Battle Mechanics. Um, I don't even know if it's worth it, but it's it's really like you're spending two points on the unit and then another two points on the officer for, like, one focus. So you're spending four points for focus. It's kind of like what you're doing, because the odds of you mm -hmm. repairing a jack in a list like this is pretty slim. The jacks are going to outrun the mechanics mm -hmm. all day. Yeah. yeah. And you're not going for guns here. How many uh, Marauders do you want? Uh, three? I feel like it's three. Okay. So, there you go. Now I'm happy. Um, Alright. So, now I've gotten it up to... Uh, let's see. Oh, you know what? I think something that we're missing here is I think I think the field gun crew it's very good. and probably the mortar crew are also good with her. They are. Because um, the field gun oh, crew is pow 15 with brutal damage, which that'll do a lot of damage oh. on your feet. How many points yeah. is it? Four. All right, hang on. So we, all right, all right. Um, and then, then we have to look up what the um, artillery yeah. captain does. Yeah, what does he do? Because I think so, I think with with a feat like hers, you're gonna want to be able like you have to have like every model on the list can attack in her control range. Right. So you want a mix of like ranged and melee. So you want to have the option of charging in, um, but also potentially have the option of shooting. Like I could also see, maybe leaning towards like Grolars or something like. Throwing in Growlars or like Decimators or something. These are 15 point uh, units, gro though. Growlars, yeah, Growlars are too expensive. Maybe a Decimator because it's got a POW 15 gun with Rate of Fire 2. I'd say more beef. 
yeah it could well it could it could go either way i could see that in terms one of, of the like, problems with the with the field gun is that they're rat five so maybe they're standing still they're seven uh right? i feel like uh, the artillery captain gives them plus one to hit uh let's see now I, I unfortunately i'm pretty sure my artillery captains have both been lent to folks going back to our earlier conversation mm-hmm. I, I, oh, I i don't, don't think i know where those things are but i can i think those are gettable models i might be able to find some you get plus two to All hit right. with an aoe weapon yeah but uh, the but the uh that that that's not an aoe no weapon. his leadership use uh, for a it's while not. it was plus one to hit uh, i think at mark three uh now it's repo three yeah. which is nice is there veteran leader anywhere i don't know uh, not for artillery, for, but for like not winter on... guard because they're winter guard. That's true. Um, uh, Joe, <laughs> Joe, no, he looking at Joe that. again. Desperate pace, fight no. the last. Uh, precision strike. No. So uh, I mean, I think I think it's fine. Uh, like they're range fourteen, so you'll be aiming a lot. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh. So okay, so like if we're building a list, what are what are we building with this like sort of like balanced infantry heavy? All right, so now all right, so hang on, so now we have nine heavies. We have my three berserkers, my one rager, two Kodiaks, and two marauders. Um, for solos, I have a war dog, a manhunter, a marksman, and a artillery captain. And then for units, I have battle mechanics, which uh, I'm on the fence about. Cossite woodsman. Widowmaker Scouts, a field gun, and a mortar crew. And then I have the field gun, um, the mechanic officer. So that gives me, you know, with the artillery, it's basically, I did one of each for now. You, you'd play a couple games, see which one you like better. They're both the same point cost, so they're completely interchangeable. Um, the mortar might be better in one way, the field gun might be better in another, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to double up on any of them now. If I dropped all the mechanic stuff, that frees up four points. That allows you to either get a second artillery. It would allow you to get your the axe, which would add a little power to the Cossite woodsman and the manhunter, if you wanted to try to go that route. But yeah, this list seems fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so let's let's look. We've been on this topic for a little while now. Let's try to create a a balanced list quickly, and then we can move on to Arthur's topic. No, I think that's the balanced list. Yeah, this is the oh, balance sorry. list. <laughs> my fault, my fault. We got, we got a few guns. Not a lot, but we got a few. And we, All right, so let me ask a, a question then. Yeah. I, and I, don't, I understand what you're saying with the Woodsman and their, their uh, synergy with Prowl. Um, their power 10, range 10 weapons. I, I'm cons- like target priorities, uh, uh, target choices for them have to be like spot on or they're just plinking away and wasting their time. Uh, they're just gonna go after units. I mean, they're just pull so, tens. So I think, okay. I, and they're, they're one of the rare units that uh, has ambush with ranged attacks. Yep. So you can yeah, ambush them I, and shoot. But if I'm ambushing them, they're not getting under the prowl. They're not getting under the um, the spell. Well, that's your. Yes. But that's your choice based on your right. opponent. Right. It okay. would be. It would be situational. Like if the, if you're playing against. Um, you know, like uh, Menoth or something, who has very squishy backfield that it wants to keep oh, alive. You know, then I maybe you ambush saying, yeah. them. Maybe you don't otherwise, or you know, yeah, you you yeah, just yeah. look at their look at their backfield and say, okay, are you squishy? 
get you. Yeah. Um, All right, now, now you're moving on to one of the other weaknesses that I have in playing the game, which is target prioritization. So, but we, we, we just don't have time to really unpack everything I'm bad at in the game here tonight. Uh, so, gentlemen, thank you. Uh, I'm going to try to put together something I feel really comfortable with and uh, bring it to Maplewood because I'm, I got to get through painting my Orgoth. Um, my wife wanted to paint them and she got uh, maybe the jacks done and then said, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, so I've got, so I've got to finish it. Uh, and, and because I don't like the colors that she picked, uh, I've been reluctant to paint. So I just, I decided I'm not going to put them back on the table until I'm done painting. So, uh, I needed something else to play. So thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, all right. So Arthur, do you have a top five list for us? Uh, yes, I do. And right, it is not, and it's not going to be about Girl Scout cookies. How unfortunate. I was looking forward to that. That could be, Please continue. that'll be, uh, episode 20. Okay. Uh, maybe. Uh, all right, so I work with um, a lot of uh, movers, and um, the movers... Are they shakers? No, just actual movers, labor-type people. And uh, it is a very blue-collar situation, and sometimes people don't show up to work on time, as uh, you know, shocking as that might be. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what I've done here is I've created a list of the top five excuses that I've been given... <laughs> As to why they were late. <laughs> okay? I like this. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, all right. So, number five. Train was late. Train stopped running. There was a, uh, there was a shooting on the train. There was violence on the train. Train had to be stopped. These were all train-related train excuses. Train-related late. Oh, yeah. Yes. Tons of train-related late. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one of my personal favorites. Um, oh, I got the wrong address. I, I was there a half hour ago, but, you know, they told me 49th Street. They didn't tell me it was 47th Street. Um, <laughs> you know, one of my other favorites. There's, so there's also this thing about Manhattan, and honestly, it's amazing how many people who work in Manhattan every day or live in New York City do not know this. And I'm going to explain it all to you because if anyone who listens to this ever travels to New York, I'm giving you solid information. I want you to imagine Fifth Avenue is zero. That's Mm -hmm. all you have to remember. Fifth Avenue equals zero. And there are basically 11 avenues uh, in New York, one one through 11, even though some of them have different names, but that's beside the point. Um, Anything... East of 5th Avenue is considered, we'll say, East 10th Street. And so if you were going to 10 East 10th Street, it would be very close to 5th Avenue. Where if you were going to 300 East 10th Street, it would be very close to 1st Avenue. And then vice versa for West. Makes sense. But it's shocking, like when you tell someone, oh, we're at 275 West 49th, just making up an address, they have no idea where that is. And it's like, well, it's 200 West 49th, so 200 West 49th probably puts it somewhere around 7th, 8th Avenue. Shouldn't be that hard to figure that out. Um, and, you know, but 5th Avenue equals zero. Most people don't know that. Now you do. Got it. Okay. All right, number four. All right, that was number uh, That was number four. Wrong address. Oh, sorry. Um, Three. So uh, didn't have enough money to get on the train, uh, which is scary because uh, as of right now, until it goes up, the train is $2.75. Um, mm. So it should be noted 
that most of our movers are paid every two days. They're not paid once a week, not paid bi-weekly, not paid on the 15th and 30th, but new. They are paid every two days because they have no ability to hold on to their money. And if you don't pay them every two days, they literally will not come to work because they won't have any money to get to work. Which is scary. (laughs) It is. I feel badly. Yeah, well, this, you know, hey, this is what happens. Okay. Um, Number two. There's only a couple of guys who this falls into, but it's happened. Um, Got locked out of the shelter because they they stood outside too long. And so if you're not back by 9 o'clock, you don't have the bed for the night or you don't have access to your own room or wherever. That's tough. Mm. That is that is tough, but I can't say it hasn't happened. Um, and then the number one, which just happened to me three days ago, because uh, I was like, hey, where's Ed? Ed's a universal enough name. Yep. And I was told, oh, no, Ed got locked up last night, and I couldn't, oh. I couldn't get a replacement. So poor me and poor Ed. More poor me. Yes, I, I didn't. I, I wasn't even in a situation that someone had to get locked up for, but yet I suffered because yeah. uh, I had a massive delivery to do, and I was down. Well, in this case, just one guy, but in reality, it was more than that. But for this one excuse, it was just one. Um, yeah, which sucked. Yeah, sounds like it does, man. It's it's tough to have to deal with those uh, those issues. If it makes you feel any better, uh, a, a good friend of mine. Uh, married this woman and, and, and went into the family business, which was uh, running an assembly line. And uh, he was telling me that on payday, they had to be careful when they gave the cash, because they would cash out the guy's checks as, as, as well. Oh, they didn't have the van come? No. So uh, they tell me, he told me that they had to be careful who they paid when, because if they paid dude X who owed dude Y money... If you paid Dude X before Dude Y, Dude X would run out the door and not pay Dude Y back, and like somebody wouldn't be coming to work Monday because hmm. you know they'd be beat up over the weekend. So like they had all these considerations. On I literally <laughs> thought the story was going to go in the direction of if you paid them before lunch, people would come back inebriated after lunch. Uh, that may happen too. I have no idea. That's just the only story. That, that is a thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've. <laughs> There was a job we were doing way back when for Revlon, um, and my company was just, you know, one of the many. And so uh, what they did is every morning they had a Winnebago in the parking lot to do um, urine tests to make sure that uh, you weren't drunk or high. And so here we are at like 7.30 in the morning on a Monday, and guys are going home because they can't work because they're drunk. Mm. It's 7.30 in the morning. 7.30, really? Really? Well, it's not that they started drinking at 7.30. They're still drunk from the night before. Either way, you managed to get out of bed, uh, we'll assume, right? Because, you know, you'll say you woke up, even if you were local, I don't know, maybe you woke up at 6. You got to the job set at 7. By 7.30, you were peeing in the cup, and you fell. (laughs) But what time did you go to bed? Did you not go to bed? Did you literally just pull yourself onto the job site? Like, we're supposed to be too old for that. We're talking about 40-year-old men. (laughs) No, I got you. We're not talking about the 22-year-old kid. I'm with you. Hey, what can I tell you? All right, fellas. uh, I appreciate all the effort put into my new list 
Uh, as always, a pleasure talking with you. Believe it or not, next broadcast is going to be our one-year anniversary and broadcast number 20. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. And, and part of that broadcast, I'm going to be reminding everyone what we said in our first broadcast, the goals that we set for ourselves, and we'll see how we did. Um, and, you know, we'll, we're also going to try uh, try to have some uh, other folks on. Um we wanted to start digging a little bit into the WTC planning because, you know, it's getting down to the wire for those guys. Listlock is going to be in the next couple of weeks uh, in August. And uh, hopefully also we'll have uh, some kind of after action report for what happened at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know they're planning some cool stuff. What if nothing happens at Gen Con? Then we won't have a lot to talk about when I say, hey, what happened at Gen Con? That'll be like the end of that conversation. I don't know. Nothing. Yeah, I still say so, I still say we should get in a car and just drive out there. Uh, I'm telling you, there are lots of other summers where that would work for me, just not this one. A, mi- um, a mere twelve hours. I I hey look, we did a mere fifteen seventeen to the siege of it, uh, seventeen. To the Where's Gen Con? Uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah, I've been there yeah. multiple times. Yeah, you're gonna put a cap on the back of your truck so we have some place to sleep. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let us have some closing thoughts if there are closing thoughts to be had, Mr. Rabideau. I highly recommend trying out the narrative like campaign in a day where you play three of the scenarios. Very fun, very accessible. Five out of five. All right. So Mr. Continelli Rabideau just inspired me when he said he highly recommends. So those right. three words inspired me, so now I have to give what I highly recommend. Okay. The 1968 Ferrari 250 GT California. Driving it is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. (laughs) (laughs) Movie? That's a good final thought. (laughs) I might have gotten the year wrong (laughs) on that Ferrari. Great quote. We'll take it. All right. Well, this is Seth Cohen saying... You can hire a professional painter to paint your army, or you could ask your wife to do it. Either way, you're going to pay. <laughs> <laughs>